This episode of The Lutheran Cartographer is sponsored by Ad Crucem. Get wonderful gifts, Christmas ornaments, art, and cards at adcrucem.com or go to lutherancartographer.com slash 2020gifts to be taken to their site. The Lutheran Cartographer, Episode 46. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we are going to Corpus Christi, Texas to talk to Stephen Brinstead about what it's like to be Lutheran there. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here today. So help orient us geographically. We are in Texas. We're far south in Texas. Where exactly is Corpus Christi? Um, it's kind of halfway between Houston and Brownsville. So if you kind of look at a map, there's kind of like an elbow to Texas on the Gulf Coast. Corpus is right there in the middle. All right. Excellent. So it's, yeah, it's a great little place to be. Tropical weather. <laughs> Okay, well, let's talk more about that in a moment. Give us a little bit of your background and how you ended up in Corpus Christi. Um, so my dad is actually a pastor within the LCMS. Uh, I was born in Fort Smith, Arkansas, moved around. He was originally in the military. He went uh, while he was in San Antonio um, and in Fort Smith. Pastors were kind of like, hey, you should go join the SIM. So he went to the SIM. Uh, graduated. His first call was in Divine, Texas, which is just south of San Antonio. And he would always joke with his classmates, being like, y'all may have gotten a divine call, but I got the divine call. <laughs> uh, he was there for about three years, and then he moved uh, to Corpus and back in 2003. And so I've been here since 2003. It's pretty much been my home. All right. Good deal. So as you think about Corpus Christi and what you like best about it, what are some of the things that you would want to let our listeners know? Like, hey, these are the reasons I love being here. Um, I would say it's kind of the, there's this kind of big city, small city feel to it. Um, we have some of that big city touches, like we have your common restaurants and stores, except we're missing a Costco. And that's one of my complaints about it. Um, but other than that, um, but everyone kind of like knows you, knows who you are. You got a bunch of family atmosphere to it. Um, I gotta say that's probably been the best thing is there's this family atmosphere within this big city. Um, we're sitting here with 300,000 and everyone kind of knows everyone. It's that small town feel, big city, small town feel, I should say. It's the best way to describe it. Um, and especially having a beach any, at your disposal anytime. You're just like, you know what? Today's a good day to go to the beach. You're like heading to the beach. So, and for me, it's only, it's a good anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes away. So it's like, yes, good distance, <laughs> close, but not too close. <laughs> Makes sense. So a little time to decompress as you drive kind of thing. Oh yes. That, that was a big thing I like to do is decompress during drives. I'm one of those I'll drive anywhere and everywhere. And Corpus, actually, another neat little fact about it is Corpus is long and skinny, and the length of our city is the exact same length or close to the same length as the island of Oahu, which is where Honolulu and Pearl Harbor is on. So it's like, huh, so this is what their drive is like, <laughs> minus the extra 100,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So... 
on the flip side, what would you say are some of the, the challenges or some of the, the not so amazing things about Corpus Christi? Um, I would say some of the challenging things would be the, uh, there is kind of this, that, that small town feel kind of gets in the way because everyone kind of knows everyone and you do one person wrong, you do a lot of people wrong. Um, another thing is we are a good retirement town. Um, if you're looking to retire, great place. For me, a 28-year-old, almost 29-year-old, you're kind of like, it could be a lot more fun. Um, Luckily, they are starting to do some stuff to bring in some more entertainment, some microbreweries. That's nothing that's a downside. There's like three or four microbreweries, and you're like, we're in Corpus. (laughs) It's the thing to be at now. (laughs) So, But other than that, I got a lot of praises for it. Roads. Roads. Stand if you're ever coming to Corpus, stay on the main roads. If you go on any of the side roads, your tires will age about 10 million miles. Bumpy <laughs> <laughs> so, ride. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, just a little. You know that there's that meme of if you're driving straight, you're drunk. If you're avoiding, you're sober. This is the same thing with Corpus. <laughs> you're avoiding because you're avoiding those potholes. <laughs> All right, good deal. So let's now talk about what it's like to be Lutheran there. I know we've we've done some interviews with other people in Texas, other Lutherans in Texas, and kind of we've talked about how there's been a lot of kind of Texas um, German influence and uh, other things in those areas. But more south where you are, what's it like? Is it the same sort of thing, or is it more kind of a Roman Catholic? kind of town do people know what what it's like to what it is to be a lutheran or tell us a little bit about that so um i would say we're, we're kind of in a interesting spot because we're on that tail end of the bible belt but we're also close to mexico which is a predominant roman catholic community so you get this influence of both into your church and it's kind of interesting um because people are like if they're Baptists, like, oh, you must be a part of the Catholics. And the Catholic, oh, you must be a part of the Baptists. And you're like, we're neither. Don't put us in those groups. <laughs> uh, so it's, you kind of see it within everything. I mean, um, within our circuit, with the other churches here, there's about seven, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you have some that are the, that have that touch, that Southern Baptist, and you have another ones that have more the Orthodox, liturgical side of it. Um so you you kind of get this good mix. Well, you kind of get your give and take with either one. Um, so as a Lutheran, we're kind of caught in the middle of like, we're not part of any of these groups. We're different in a very, very good way. So uh, that's just kind of how it is here. You kind of play with it. Um, you kind of get used to, with both Southern Baptists and Catholics, they love the law. They love to preach the law. And so you kind of see that hint of it where, our services may contain a little bit more law, or you get the other ones who know that the others preach a lot of law, and they've been here for a while, so they're like, we're going to touch a little bit more on that gospel and that little more sanctification. Um, so, and even within our music, um, being the music director at uh, Trinity Our Savior, um, you can you can see that little touch of it in some of the hymns we sing and play. Um I would say that we do definitely put in a Lutheran flair to them. We, we're not just like, yeah, we're going to try and mix. So you kind of feel like they're saying, no, we're like, no, we're still Lutheran. We have our ways. Um, like we were just trying to plan for uh, November 
there's some long hymns set for November, and you're kind of like, how can we get uh, an eight-verse hymn throughout the entire service? Because Good Southern Baptists are like, no, we're not singing eight verses of a hymn all at once. Then you got the Catholics like, wait, you sing? (laughs) Uh, And so uh, we get that. We kind of meet that middle ground of like we're going to sing this hymn, but we're going to break it up so you're not getting it all at once. We may split it within the opening and entrance or hymn praise or whatever. So it's kind of an interesting mix here. All right, good deal. So it sounds like then in Corpus Christi that Lutheranism isn't very well known. Like as you were just saying, there's the Baptists that think you're Catholic and the Catholics that think you're Baptist. So it doesn't sound like if you walked up to the average person in Corpus Christi and said, I'm a Lutheran, they would know what that is. Is that a fair take on what you just said? Oh, yes. I I definitely agree with that. It definitely is a place where you learn how do you confess your faith, especially a Lutheran faith, to these, these folks. And so, yeah, I would definitely say it's it's a good place to be if you want to test how do you confess your faith. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's delve a little more into this and talk about the culture at large. So, for example, you just talked about the Bible Belt. Would you say that Corpus Christi is kind of the general culture is more that kind of typical American Christianity? Or is it the thing that we've seen in a lot of our larger cities of increased secularism. How would you characterize the culture in general in terms of its religious cultural position? Um, I would say it's a lot more sexual secularism um, here because um, even though we have Corpus Christi, which is Latin for the body of Christ as the name of the city, I would say that um, actually a good mix of the two. Um, now I think about it because you have some people who are just the hardcore Bible thumpers, and you have some that are just like, forget church. I'm just going to live my life how I want, I see fit. And so it's it's a, a mix of the two. Um, it depends on it depends on the age groups too, especially. Uh, I know it's with more, more of the older generations, the more wiser ones. Um, the more the like, no, it's this is kind of a good thing you need to be in. And then you got the young ones my age who are just like, no, nah, let me just live my life how I want to live it. Um, so that's kind of how it is here. And you kind of play around with it a little bit. Like, what's that good medium? All right. Good deal. So now let's go ahead and talk about uh, family life there. What, what do you see as it being like to raise a family in Corpus Christi? Um... I don't have an experience with this. Still single. All right. So young Lutheran ladies in Corpus Christi, hit up, hit up Stephen. <laughs> yes, definitely. Please. <laughs> <laughs> There's not an abundance here. Um, I would say it, there's definitely a family orientation here um, because we are, there's a Hispanic culture that kicks in and Hispanic culture is family. Family comes first. Your mijas, your mijos, their tias, tias. Um, it's very much that culture of the family stays together. They live within close proximity. I mean, they, of course, in Texas, close proximity, you still count Houston, which is four hours away, it's still close. Everyone else is like, oh, that's, that's, that's a drive. We're over here like, that's a day trip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so um, 
there's that family culture of everyone kind of raises everyone. Um, I, I have coworkers. I've had friends who, my tío raised me, my tío raised me, um, my mom, my parents, everyone kind of raises you, grandparents, uh, even as some the older generation older generation gets older um, and they can't really live by themselves, a lot of them bring them into their home and take care of them. And it, you could have, I've been in houses where you have about three or four generations living in one house. So I would say the family life here is amazing because you just get that culture of family first, um, first and foremost. And then even um, if you're trying to take your family out, we, we have the beaches, we have some, we have two water parks here. We have children's museum, a lot of family activities you can do as a family. Museums, aquarium, uh, uh, old World War II ship. There's tons of activities for a family to go do. So that, that would be another plus side to this whole court culture and area of Corpus is that family first. Excellent. So what do you see? Uh, you, I know you mentioned you were new to Trinity Our Savior, but what do you see the families in your congregation do in terms of their educational options? Are there Lutheran schools in the area or what What do you see as some of their options in terms of what they can do for educating their children? Um, so for it, um, we really only have some Mother's Day out, some those preschool, kindergarten programs in the area. Um, the church used to have a, I want to say it was a pre-K through like fifth, fifth or sixth grade. So um, sadly, they were. It was just a money pit. It wasn't. There was no real outreach for them to do anymore, to reach the community. So they had to close it down. Um, but there's still some activities like there's still um, confirmation, um, Bible studies, as education. As school, parochial, there's really nothing that once you get past that, usually about that fifth or sixth grade, it kind of moves on to you. You either have to go down to the local Catholic um, schools, which we have two here, and then, um, or public school. So, okay. It's rough when you're Lutheran and you're trying to teach that. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Okay, so now let's transition to one of my favorite parts of the podcast, and that's where we talk about some of the your favorite things in the area, things to see, things to do, places to eat. What would you, if you had a friend coming into town, what would you say? Ah, oh, you got to go see this. Um, so it kind of depends on who I'm bringing in because there's so many options. Uh, usually, when it comes to food, there's always one place I like to go. It's called the Surf Club Executive Surf Club, which is in downtown Corpus. Um, it's a great local bar uh, slash restaurant um, has an outdoor patio, which I know you're thinking South Texas, 100 degrees in the summer. It's like we have some nice evenings where we get a good coastal breeze in. You sit out there with your nice cold beer, um, enjoy some live music. Uh, That's one of the places I always recommend. I always like to take friends. It's like, well, you're in Corpus. You got to go to this place. Um, if you're into the History, we have an old war two, the USS Lexington, the Blue Ghost, as they call her, um, right here. It's one of the best museums that I've been to um, for a ship, especially. Um, sits right there in the Bay of Corpus, and you can enjoy it, walk around. You can easily spend a good few hours in there. Um, 
if you one like me who likes to read almost every single plaque out there, it's a good all-day activity. <laughs> uh, if you're just like there, I kind of want to get a, a little glimpse into the what was World War II, Korean, and Vietnam War, because the ship spanned from World War II all the way to the 90s um, in existence and service to our country. And so seeing that history into it is really awesome how the ship progressed. And then we have the Texas State Aquarium here, which is one of the largest aquariums in this uh, country, state aquariums in the country. Um, and they just expanded onto it, a whole new Caribbean side. So if you're into fishery, estuaries, we got that stuff for you. Um, if you just kind of want to enjoy the beach, I know it's a great spot where the beach is actually white. The sand is white. So you're like, ha-ha. And not a lot of people go out there. You can just enjoy the waves, play in, uh, play in the water, um, build sand castles. Um, water parks. Um, we do have a Schlitterbahn here. It's new. Um, what is a, a Schlitterbahn? It is, it is a water park. Um, it's the name germ is in German, which means wet road or slippery road, if I'm not mistaken. If okay. My German remembers. And so it's a it's a water park, and it's a really cool little place. And then we also got one downtown. If you enjoy baseball or sports, we have the double-A affiliate of the Houston Astros. I know you MLB fans are boo- probably booing right now. Astros cheated. They, they, them and trash cans are two best friends. <laughs> uh, they have been video cameras out in center field, I know. But uh, it, going to a Miley game, I highly recommend it because there's not that commercialism going on with it. It's more about the game because a lot of these players know that a lot of them not, are not going to make it to the MLB and play professionally, but you know what? They're going to enjoy it while they can, especially making good money. <laughs> and so uh, the, those, those are the kind of things I'd recommend to people. I mean, oh, our, and our seawall. We have this beautiful seawall out there with some tea heads where you can look at some of the sailing ships. Shrimps. Shrimping is a big deal here. Um, it's w- one of our biggest industries behind, of course, oil. Uh, Joyce of Texas, everything is black gold. <laughs> uh, but there's kind of a lot of things. Um, I highly recommend, like, if you come down here, just kind of doing this bay loop, I like to call it. It's pretty much just this drive where you go go down 37 to downtown, you're looping on ocean, go out to the island, which we have two islands here, which is the North Padre Island, and then Mustang Island, and just loop around that island, come back around on the north side of the bay, and it's a nice little drive, and you can easily spend a day doing that um, because it's a couple hours, especially depending on when you hit the ferries because one side you have to cross a bridge, north side you have to take a ferry to get back onto the mainland. And that, that little ferry is a cool little 10, 5, 10-minute 10 boat ride, but you get to see some dolphins, and if you're lucky, you can see one of the big uh, oil tankers coming in. So it's kind of the fun things to do down here, on here in Corpus. You name it, we pretty much have it. Nice. Good deal. Those are some good things to check out. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Folks, Advent is right around the corner with Christmas following soon after. And Ad Crusum wants to help you get ready for Christmas with their wonderful collection of gifts, art, greeting cards, and Christmas ornaments. These things are great. They recently sent me some of their Christmas ornaments. They're pewter, and they have this nice heft to them. 
They look and feel really great quality, and they'll make a great gift for somebody, or your tree will look great decorated with them. I recently gave one of their baptismal Christmas ornaments as a gift, and I was very proud and happy to do so. You can also find great Christmas cards and greeting cards on their website. And the great thing about these is that they have some for hard-to-find occasions like confirmations and ordinations. If you're looking for things like that or just great general-purpose greeting cards for sympathy, all sorts of things, these things are great. They're biblical, robustly Lutheran with great art as well. You won't find the saccharine, silly cards here. Great stuff from Ad Crucem. Check them out at their website at adcrucem.com, A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M, or go to lutherancartographer.com slash 2020gifts to be redirected to their website. Check them out, adcrucem.com. Let's get back to our guest. So now let's talk a little bit about something that you mentioned earlier, and that is the weather there. I'm not that familiar with exactly where hurricanes usually fall. I know they get them up in Houston. Is that something that you guys have to deal with down in Corpus Christi? Um, it's something we definitely keep an eye on. Uh, we're lucky if we get a... I, I say lucky. <laughs> I don't know if that's luck. <laughs> if we get a hurricane, <laughs> uh, if we get a hurricane within a season, that's kind of like a thing for us. Like we may get one if on a... If on that year, um, you may remember a couple of years ago, about three years now, we had Hurricane Harvey. Um, and so hurricanes are not really a – they're things we keep a track of because um, a great thing I like to point out to people is where on the Yucatan Peninsula, which is that little part that curves up on Mexico, um, where on that Yucatan does a hurricane cross? Because if it crosses about – you ever been to – you could um, been on a cruise, you know, where if you know where Cozumel is, kind of take line, draw it across. If it's north of that, it's usually going to hit Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida. If it's south of that, then we need to worry. <laughs> uh, or if it gets into the Bay of Campeche, which is that little spot in between there, in between the Yucatan and the rest of Mexico, um, if a storm builds there, we got to watch out. Other than that, um, hurricane season it's just we keep an eye on it but we're like yeah y'all can go everywhere else but here we'll we'll like our weather (laughs) okay good deal and other than the poss the remote possibility of hurricane what what is the weather like um so we kind of have a we do have a kind of a subtropic slash desert feel to this um we do our summers are hot if you don't like humidity, don't like the mix of heat and humidity, I wouldn't recommend this. If you do and you like to be warm during the summer, great place. Tons of sun. Um, I think on average we have maybe 300, 250 to 300 days worth of sun a year. The rest of the time, when it storms, it storms. Um, our winters are pretty mild. Um, if we get into the 30s, you better see some Texans park up like you've never seen before. We got like 20 layers on. <laughs> we are going to stay warm because in that 30, those 30 degree weather will last about two seconds. And we are the epitome of the, if you don't like the weather, wait a few minutes. It'll change. <laughs> um, we'll definitely get a whole season within a week. <laughs> it's, it's especially bad during our spring and fall time because then it literally happens like one day. It's 100 degrees. Next day, we're down into the 50s. 
Next day, it's storming. Next day, it's hot again. <laughs> so if you like the the roller coaster ride of the seasons, then you can get it all in in a short amount of time. <laughs> oh yes, and so but that summer, it, it, I I love the heat. I love humidity. I like to feel warm all the time. So I love this temperature during that summer. It's hot, blazing, but being on the coast too, is we get that nice, cool sea breeze. You're just like. Mm! amazing <laughs> nice good deal all right so now let's transition to talking about something that i hope that we won't have to talk about in a year and that is the coronavirus and let's talk about uh, texas's response i've heard all sorts of things like it was too draconian it wasn't draconian enough it was crazy it was fine what's it been like in texas for you guys um it's been a roller coaster of a ride um we had we had of course a lockdown and Texans are very free spirited. You don't tell us what to do, kind of thing. So being told we have to lock down and stay in place and can't go out for that few weeks, it was rough on us. Um, and then when we get the hint of being told what to do, we're like, no, don't do this. And so um, as this with this whole coronavirus thing, it's. It's been a roller coaster. Um, we went from having some of the fewest cases to also we're exploding. Um, here in Corpus, we actually were one last major cities in the U.S. to have a confirmed case of COVID. I, I think while everyone else was just like, we're locking down, shutting down, Corpus is over here like, what is y'all's problem? What is this thing you speak of? <laughs> um, and then, of course... Everyone heard about Corpus being like the last place, so everyone came down here like to try and get away. It's like, no, 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 no. You can <laughs> no, stay where you are. <laughs> yes. Don't come down here. Sure enough, the second they come down here, all of a sudden we skyrocket. We had, I think it was the end of August, July, August, we just went from having hardly any to cases to where we were the fastest growing hotbed for COVID cases. Um, I have a friend, she works in the ER here, and she was like, they went from being the, the only ER office for, I mean, office, hospital for uh, COVID to all of a sudden, all of our hospitals were full to the brim. The ERs were maxed out. She said she was getting warnings from their CO2 tanks that they weren't getting any oxygen out. And she's like, I know we have plenty of oxygen out there because I checked them. And we just brought in some extra ones, too, just to be on the safe side. I know we have plenty, but there's just so much demand that was happening. The system just couldn't pump it out fast enough. And so, um, say, say it's, been, it's been better. Um, we're definitely on the downside here of it. We're hoping we stay on this downside. Ugh, never know. Um, so our, states, our state was one of the first ones to open back up. Uh, and we're, everyone's like, oh, you better be careful. And yes, we spiked a little bit. We, we dropped out, back down a little bit. And now we're getting better. Everyone's more conscientious of each other. Um, I personally don't agree with the mask thing, but I do it out of respect for other people who, who have pre-existing conditions that are very prone to getting it. So um, we try and be conscious of other people. I would say a lot of us are. Yes, a lot of us are just like, oh, you can't tell me what to do. You're breaking my First Amendment rights. Um, as when I was at Messiah, Pastor did a great little spiel during Sunday school and during our, one of his sermons. 
of a this is this isn't about you it's not about your own personal it's about trying to care for everyone else um because we had some mem- when i was at messiah there was some members who had have pre-existing um conditions to where they couldn't even be in church because people were just like no we don't want to wear a mask and pastor was like you got, we got to think of our neighbor here just love our neighbors there's a reason why a huge part of the commandments deal with our neighbors because we are very sensitive to each other um <laughs> Uh, and so he did a great sermon on that. Let's care for our neighbors. Let's take care of them. Let's follow these precautions. And yes, we may not agree with them, but there are still people out here that are highly affected by it. Uh, so, and I think Texas kind of is getting a hold of that. Like we got to, yes, we don't agree with it, but let's care for each other. Texans taking care of Texans and Texans care for Texans. So hashtagging that right now. <laughs> All right. Good deal. So now let's let's move on to one thing I wanted to make sure that we touch on before we close out the podcast, and that is you are the music director at Trinity Our Savior. And I was mm-hmm. curious, what can parishioners do to support their music directors? I know it's not always the easiest job. If you just would say a few words like to our listeners about what they can do to support their music director at their church. Um, two things I would say is one, pray for them. One of the biggest things to do is pray for them. We are a part of the ministry. Um, we try and do our best as best we can. We know we won't please everyone. We'll pick hymns and songs no one likes. Um, when those things happen, this is another thing is try and sing them or at least try and read the words because we don't pick hymns to be mean, to spite people and be like, oh, this one's a hard one. Let me pick it to mess everyone up. No, we're we're very conscientious of um, what the scripture readings are, the pericope for that Sunday. Um, we want to make sure that our hymns are tying into that. So, yes, we may pick a tough hymn, but read what it's saying and kind of d- dive into that and see how it ties into the scripture readings and pastor's message. So those would be the things I would say to help encourage and care for your music directors. Oh, another thing, sing. If you, you don't have to carry a tune in a bucket, that's fine. Join the choir. We we still will love to have you all there. <laughs> all right, good deal. Well said. All right, so one other thing I wanted to ask, as a lot of people in our audience are musically inclined, what would you say, what are your practicing tips? A lot of people dread practicing, but they know it's essential. What would you say, What what are some tips that you would give them? Um... This may sound mean, but tough it out. <laughs> uh, it's when you spend those extra hours, those extra few minutes just practicing on something. Maybe you're struggling with just like a part of a song. Just focus on that part real quick. Run it over a few times. Um, if you have to run it for 10, 100, 1,000 times, do it. Um, because then when you, you, you get through it all and you finally play the whole piece all the way through and you're just like... That reward at the end, after you play a piece of music, and you're just like, I went from struggling with this this piece to, I think I just rocked it. That reward at the end is, so take the that few extra minutes, take that few extra hours, that few extra couple of times, just try that little piece. You struggle with it, focus in on it, work it, get it out, move on, and then at the end of the day, it'll, be, it'll sound amazing. Trust me. 
Yeah, that's a good point. So practice with kind of that the end in mind, the that reward at the end. Oh yes, definitely. All right, good deal. So now as we transition to closing out the podcast, I want to make sure to give you the opportunity to point our listeners wherever you'd like. Places to follow you online, your church's website. Where would you like to point our listeners? Um, you can find me on Facebook, Stephen Brinstead. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. You're probably going to see a lot of jokes being played. Um, I, I'm a punster, so if you like puns, I'm there for you. Um, you can follow my church at Trinity Our Savior Lutheran Church on Facebook. I think that's the whole name. It's a long name. Uh, uh, we're working on the website, so when that comes up, you, you'll get to follow that too. So, um, yeah, enjoy it. Have fun with it. You can feel free. Um, oh, I do post hymns every so often. When I one that just really speaks to me, I'll, I'll usually come up with a composition for it and play it. So, yeah. All right. Fantastic. Stephen, what are your parting thoughts for our listeners today? Um, have fun, stay safe, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. Thank you again. God's peace. Thank you, sir. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, check out the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 46. I encourage you to check out Ad Crucem for their wonderful collection of greeting cards as well as their great Christmas ornaments as well as some other great gifts that you can give. Just great stuff in general. Take a moment to browse their website at adcrucem.com, A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M.com or go to lutherancartographer.com slash 2020 gifts to be redirected. If you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher or now on Amazon Music and all sorts of other places. It's a great way to make sure that you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, I would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review so that more people will be able to hear this podcast. Until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.